All right, we're going to start it over. Are you ready? I believe in you. Are you Give ready? It a... Give it a Vince McMahon throat-burning stormer Your crash to... as the return of the podcast. Right. Do it. Welcome, everybody, to the second Turnbuckle podcast. I'm Crash. Uh, to my this way is, uh, that's Tukey. Yes, we're visual this time. We're actually like, well, if you're listening on Spotify or any of your uh, audio uh, apps, uh, we're we're not visual, but you can check us out on YouTube now. We have visual. Hi, Tukes. Mm. Hi. Hi. It's it's been a long two months. It has. Andrews. It a has. Long two months. So much so that you actually wanted me to do the intro. How did I do compared to yours? You did great. I Excellent. think it's it's a new era for us. You know, with the color scheme, where you know we we've left the tag team scene, and here you are we're, now. We're single wrestlers now. We're on our way to the yeah, IC like that, title. You know, like, and hopefully we don't go our own separate ways. Hopefully we as a podcast are moving towards the Intercontinental title. Yes. Instead of moving towards Jim Neidhart territory where he once wrestled as a Klansman against Virgil on the independent scene. Yes. Let's hope we're not going in that direction. Uh, speaking of which, uh, worst segue ever. <laughs> um, one of the last times you've heard us was after WrestleMania. And I think Tugi and I did we I, did we do a show after Mania? I think we did talk about Mania. We talked about night one being awesome and night two just being absolute trash. And we oh, you I, actually I, compared it to NXT versus Raw. Like NXT would always have the good show, and then the pay per view after Raw, uh, or hmm. sorry, the the WWE pay per view would be absolute garbage because they knocked it out of the park the night before with NXT Gold. So. Hmm. Yes, NXT is bad now, and we're we're also probably going to interact with chat. AJ's asking, isn't NXT, like, bad now? Well, they have a guy who uh, lost an arm and a leg of his gear, apparently. Um, no, that guy... So, the question was asked in chat, worst attire of all time. And this guy's not there now. Um, but it was a dude on NXT who had, like, three matches... Named Nikos Rikos, Nikos from Rikos. Greece. I love it. Who had the worst entrance attire of all time? Uh, it's just a fact. Yeah, I agree. It it looked like he butchered a garbage bag, like a a contractor's yep. gigantic black garbage bag, and made it into like a half singlet with one leg. It, they took. I, I don't know. They took Stardust. Great time. They took Stardust's attire and were like, copy it, but don't make it look the same. So they just took the arm and the leg off. Greek Stardust is a hell of a... <laughs> hmm. That's a hell of a thing to be, to be remembered for, huh? So one of the last times you've heard us uh, was right after WrestleMania, and I, I haven't watched an episode since. Uh, yeah, but... I've been kind of keeping up with it, but we, we talked, and we said, you know what, like... The whole recap thing, we, we're not really enjoying it. The whole WWE scene, currently, we're not really enjoying it. AEW is in, like, this kind of good, bad turmoil, and all we're talking about is CM Punk and stuff. We're going to talk about some of that later on in the show. But we kind of want to focus a little bit more on the old stuff while still bringing in some of kind of the big, big news of, of the, the new. Is that is that fair? I'd say that's fair. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned it, like, we haven't watch basically anything i mean i haven't like wwe wise right like it's always gonna pop up on twitter on reddit whatever i mean yes i'm aware 
Backlash happened, and Bad Bunny got one of the greatest reactions of all time, and then Carlito topped that. That's cool. Don't Outside you dare of... disrespect Savio Vega without naming him either. Say Savio, Savio Vega. Vega sucked. <laughs> okay? Quite. Like, I went back, man, and watched all of that era. Savio Vega sucked. Yeah. What's the best Savio Vega match, Crash Andrews? The one exactly. Against... No, no, no. The one against Stone Cold Steve Austin that we didn't get to see because of the rain power outage that they replayed it on Raw the next night because everybody complained that they paid for a pay-per-view. I will not sit here and put respect on <laughs> Quang's name, okay? My God. <laughs> you dropped the Portuguese man of war earlier, but you won't respect Quang. I will not. <laughs> he lost the 95 King of the Ring final and condemned us all to Mabel versus Diesel at SummerSlam. That jerk. That is a crime you can never come back for. I love that's it. Just, that's it. I love it. So... Yeah, so we're we're going to focus a little bit on the older stuff. Uh, we've got some new stuff to talk about uh, in a little bit, but uh, one of the first things we obviously, uh, for some reason, it seems to be an ongoing theme here on the podcast, but we do have to start uh, with an honoring of an absolute legend, uh, superstar Billy Graham passing away uh, earlier mm. this week. Now, uh, Toots, when you and I talk about, you know, starting up the show and, and you know, what we're going to talk about, we kind of... We both kind of had the same, um, the same vibe of like he was he was obviously pre you he was he actually predated my getting into wrestling as well so um, mm. I never really got a chance to see him but uh, as I've said before like you don't need to watch his matches live you can always go back and watch him on the network or or however you want to YouTube that kind of thing. But you really see the influence. I saw it growing up, but you can actually still see some of the influence uh, today. Literally, all you have to do is listen to a promo of his. That's it. So I got to do. Listen to a promo of his, and you will hear exactly where Dusty Rhodes got his talking style from. You will hear exactly where Hulk Hogan got the 24-inch Pythons line from so on and so forth right. it just it honestly just keeps going um there were a lot of people calling him the most one of the most if not the most influential wrestler of all time just for the sheer amount of times he's been copied i can't disagree with that well you have like macho man randy savage the intensity you have jesse the body ventura who was basically a carbon copy that didn't push down hard enough like mm. he was superstar billy graham and made a career out of it as well uh i say even we're seeing some influence uh today look at seth rollins who his character is right now that that flamboyancy that that charisma you know it notched up he's never shown that side up until just recently uh well i mean over the past call it a year year and a half two years um mm. but that influence of just being yourself but being a badass and and all of that stuff um we are still seeing it, and I, I wish we'd see a little bit more of it, and I'm sure WWE, AEW wishes the same thing, because that seems to be a mold that can be copied and done correctly and be successful, and, and we're just not seeing more recently for some reason. Yeah, I mean, again, there's, there's only, like you said, so much we can speak to it, just because, again, it wasn't of our, of our era and within our purview. But yeah, I mean, hey, 
it's it's one of those go back and go back and study type of things. Read a you'll book. You'll be able to <laughs> read a book, people. What's a book. Uh, you'll be able to go back and look and and see the influence. It is very apparent very quickly. Uh, so just really quickly, just in chat, yeah, the, we can do a Q and A at the end of this. Um, Joseph, I don't want to hear on? from you. <laughs> He's speaking directly to you, Altex. Um, <laughs> okay, so WWE, I believe it was earlier today, released a list of top debuts. Uh, I I showed you this list. It was the top mm -hmm. twenty-five. Mm -hmm. Um. I'll write it down really quickly. 25 was Solo Sokoa. <laughs> Shouldn't have even been on the list. Uh, 24. What, was, what even was? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so as you go through these, I want to see if I have any recollection. Okay. I don't mind that at was, all. Was his debut... Cla now, again, this is probably going to be, like, the most we talk WWE-wise. And I, I think right. just to, to quickly say that again, like, when we said after WrestleMania, like, yeah, my interest is gone. Like, it is. I could sit here and be like, well, the Cody Rhodes thing might work out. I don't care. Um, but in terms of talking about older stuff, yeah, cool, whatever, we'll talk about it. You showed me this list earlier. I think it's the most clickbaity, trying to garner engagement oh, thing I've ever seen in my life. But 100%. hey, um, we'll, we'll continue on. You said 25 20, on that list, or was it 20? No, 25 was Solo Sokoa. And this is this that, is this is main roster. This isn't NXT. This isn't, uh, it can be SmackDown. It can be Raw. Yeah. Uh, that was a Clash at the Castle, was it not? Uh, yes. Okay. It was, I mean... He was wearing a hoodie, he flipped up the hoodie, and oh my gosh, it's Solo Sokoa. Oh my god, there's another one? <laughs> that was the story. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, Santino at 24. Which that, was is, a, that, was a good, that was a good debut on Raw, again, winning the IC title against Umaga in Italy. That was, that was a pretty good debut. I posted on my Twitter, which, you know, the tag's right down here. Uh, he should have been top five because he won the Intercontinental title. Whether or not he had help, doesn't matter. He won the Intercontinental title night one. He should have been top five, maybe top ten. Uh, 23 was Shinsuke Nakamura, which absolutely... WWE debut or NXT debut? No, no, this, this, is all w, this is all main roster. So... Um, His debut was just showing up with the violinist and exactly. doing nothing. Exactly. So again, to your point, this list, very interesting. Um, I would say Shinsuke... There it did have the goosebumps going, right? But on the same token, yeah. yeah, he he just, it was like somebody, I think it was somebody was like, I'll take on anyone in the back. And then you hear the, me, 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 mm -hmm. me. yeah. Um, Peter I like, Griffin does the classics. <laughs> but I just, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, 22 was the Usos and Tamina who jumped the Heart Foundation, the new Heart Foundation. On Raw. I'll take your word for it. Yep. Sure. Uh, 21 was Baron Corbin in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I don't know. I can't remember what WrestleMania was, but that was his 30. first taste of, of being on was, the main that roster. That was in New Orleans. That was at 30. That was... Again, like... No, wait, no, because that was Cesaro, right? At 30? Was that 30... Nope, because 31 was the big show. Hawks is I saying think. 31. Was it 31? I thought 31 was, was the one where uh, they did the the breakup of Miz and Mizdow and like Big Show won it. So maybe it was, oh, it must have been 32 in Texas then. 
Yeah, because 30 was... Awesome. The first one was Cesaro. The second one was Big Show, I believe. Endo with the 8. Thank you very much. Uh, and then it was... And then uh, Baron Corbin. Fun. So much fun. Uh, we've got Umaga at 20. So the... Oh, what was Estrada? What was the manager's Armando? name? Armando Estrada. Yeah. Estrada. I cannot roll my R's. So. Uh, he came out. Ric Flair was in the ring. He introduces Umaga, and Umaga destroys Ric Flair. That's his debut. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Destroying Ric Flair, 10 out of 10. Now, in the video uh, at 19, in the video that uh, WWE released, Rey Mysterio was in a match for his debut, but I could have sworn that he ran out during a cage match. Same night. Same night. Okay. He had a match against Chavo Guerrero, and then at the end of the night, jumped off the cage. How that's not top 10, I have no idea. I would say... The hell was that? What'd you do? Am I going crazy? I just had a sip of my drink. Um, you do. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't know. We don't. I don't even know what you're freaking out about. You didn't hear that? I heard a noise. No. Oh well, I'll have to check you, the tape. Maybe later. You're just getting old. Maybe you know what? I've had a week. Uh, 18 was Nexus. Now I think that should have been way higher for the the short term impact that it had. The debut's top 10 worthy. The follow-up is top 10 worst fumbles yes. of all time. 100%. Oscar oh. mm. um, at 17 was a match. Uh, Corlito Caribbean Cool at 16, where he won the U.S. title by using a chain on mm -hmm. John Cena. Juan Cena. And then that led to John Cena getting stabbed so he could go and film the Marine. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's how they did it. <laughs> uh, 15 was Great Kali uh, going face-to-face -face with The Undertaker. <sighs> okay, so like in terms of debut, sure. I guess. Where it's just like, oh, here, I don't, I can't give Kali credit for anything. No, no. that doesn't deserve to be there. Uh, 14 was Braun Strowman. Uh, joining the Wyatt family. For some reason, when Braun Strowman... <laughs> There's another one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when he uh, when he debuted and took that mask off, I could have sworn he had, like, you, the term baby face. He, oh, he, lit did. he literally had, like, a baby face with the biggest beard and the worst hairline in wrestling history. Mm -hmm. He looked like a child. And a then he... As they say in the wrestling business, got on the Simon system and uh, <laughs> has a drastically different appearance to this day. Now, 100%. doesn't he? Yeah. And, and he tried to uh, change the narrative. He sure. He tried to he, he tried to control it. That's what he, he tried to do. He did. Now, uh, here's where it gets interesting. We've talked about a certain tier of wrestler and then it jumps up at 13. So now we're in that like we've talked about debuts that could have made it into the top 10 now we're talking about top 10 wrestlers but we started 13 with sting it was a survivor series if i remember correctly mm -hmm. uh the authority versus team wwe or whatever yep where big show turned for the 18th time yep um this should have been bigger on the list just for the fact that sting was in wwe for a week and a half uh i know yeah, it was, it was longer a year. than that but yeah um almost a year but to be able to see Sting in a WWE ring was phenomenal. Terrible. No, no, no. The, okay. To, it, oh, 
This is Nexus. The short term was amazing. What they did with it is in that top three fumbles of all time. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, number 12, again, at a Survivor Series, is The Undertaker. Nobody knew who the mystery How partner was going to be. Dude, WWE flates Mark Calloway at every possible turn. How is that only 12? Flates or flates? Flates. <laughs> like Shawn Michaels, cupping the balls and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Got to cup the balls. You got to. Uh, um, I, <laughs> it was the all-time Heenan quote. Look at the size. Or not Heenan, Piper. Look at the size of that ham hock. That's what I remember most <laughs> about that, aside from uh, a phenomenal tombstone. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's a higher debut. Uh, that's ins- Again, this is why. The number one, hey, it gives us content, shit to talk about, cool, right. whatever. This is why they make lists like this. It's the same shit. It's just in terms of like, hey, you know how we hype up The Undertaker as the most important character of all time? Well, guess what? His debut was actually only the 12th best. It's like, yeah. And here we are shitting on it. I would say that this is is the reverse of what we've talked about, where in the short term, nobody knew who he was. The buildup was that the Million Dollar Man had a mystery partner. Not Mm -hmm. that he was a dead man. Not that he had this spooky background. None of that stuff. And he, his manager at the time was Brother Love when he first right. debuted. So he didn't even have uh, Paul Bearer at his side. This was a very short-term weird thing that obviously turned out to be arguably the greatest career in professional wrestling, uh, beginning to end. <laughs> Not end. <laughs> <laughs> Not by the end Fair. of it. The end of it was pretty rough, but... There was, you know, it was a pretty good start. And then there, you know, the middle had at its moments. True. Um, and then he kind of picked it back up again. And then uh, he, he dropped Goldberg on his fucking head. And then Goldberg dropped him on his head. It was a great time. I, I like the first part. Didn't like the second part. Booker T at number 11. So part this of the was invasion. him. Yeah. So this was Vengeance 01 debuted by attacking Stone Cold and costing him the... No, no, that wasn't. That wasn't Vengeance. He was already there at Vengeance, wasn't he? No, it was. It was Vengeance. Or was it number? I'm pretty sure it was Vengeance. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to trust my gut. It was Vengeance on one. He cost Austin the match against Jericho, and then Jericho went on to beat The Rock because he beat The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the same night. My God! Uh... And then Stone Cold attacked Booker T in a grocery store. We are going to touch on the invasion angle in a little bit. It it has to do with the list, but nobody on the list. Uh, number nine, Juan Cena. John Cena. So this is okay, like so- this is when Prototype came up uh, and yeah. took part in the uh, Kurt Angle open challenges. Mm-hmm. Ruthless yeah. aggression. By okay, so like in terms of like impactful. No, like at the moment, it was less impactful mm-hmm. than, say, The Undertaker's debut. But obviously, long term, they've made such a big deal out of it. So I do wonder again, this is I, I indulge you by going through this because I see this crap list as what yeah. it is. Just way to get engagement and to rile people up. Um, but yeah, no doubt. Like John Cena's debut from a historical standpoint should be on the list of top debuts in company history. They're really, the rest of the way, we're at eight now. Uh, Nine was John Cena, we're on eight. 
Um, I the rest of the way, I think there's only one real holy shit moment in the rest of them. It is not number eight, but it is. Uh, we talked about open challenges. John Cena, uh, as the U.S. champion, threw out an open challenge, and Kevin Owens showed up as the NXT champion to take on said John Cena, thus making his main roster debut while still holding the NXT title and wrestling on NXT as well. Impressive. Yes. A yeah, very no, impressive this, this feud. 100% deserves um, a spot. It didn't end up being a match at that moment on the Raw, but it did set up a pay-per-view match that even more shockingly, Kevin Owens won. He did lose the rematch. Um, and they had a couple of other, couple other deals, but, um, yeah, damn, he, uh, it's still shocking that he was, you know, made to look that strong in the debut and then Cena had to get his wins back, of course, but Hey, at least it, it, uh, it worked out for him in the long run. Right. Yeah. One of the, one of the most versatile wrestlers they've got on the roster still of all time. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, speaking of which, a bad segue, because it's not a versatile wrestler. He basically had the same, well, no, he didn't really have the same character. Um, but he didn't have the character we're normally used to when he debuted. Number seven, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Or as other people like to call him, Rocky Maivia. This was terrible. This was a really bad debut. He, yep. The fact that he debuted in WWE and stayed and ran the, the career that he had, top 10. But the debut, mm. uh, El Crapo. Yeah, so he debuted at Survivor Series 96 as a part of really what felt like a throwaway elimination match for the sake of that pay-per-view. And yeah, it wasn't overly memorable. I mean, I saw AJ and Chad say like, oh, Cena's only up there because it feels iconic because it's John Cena. This is only up there because it's it's The Rock. In terms of the moment itself, essentially irrelevant if it wasn't for, oh, hey, he turned into The Rock. But right. in terms of the, the moment itself, the match itself, well, yeah, it was pretty bad. In at number six, this is the... Uh, it was one of the worst kept secrets in professional wrestling, I would still consider mm. it one of the biggest holy shit moments we've seen in quite some time. The phenomenal mm. AJ Styles making his debut at the Royal Rumble. Bad camera work, great debut. Here's Roman Reigns' confused face. Of, I can't believe that. The worst Crowd's camera going, work. Who is it, though? Yeah, the, the worst camera work for a debut of all time. That's for sure. To Jesus. call this to call this the worst camera work, this is a company that thinks zooming in and out and changing cameras has some sort of impact on the physicality of a match. And they <laughs> fucked up the debut of one of their biggest stars day one. My favorite gif of WWE history is the crowd shot from someone on their phone. Seth Rollins hitting someone in the back with a chair. And to visualize this with this water bottle. Cameraman just going. <laughs> and following the fucking chair shots. Um, oh, man. I love amazing. it. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I dropped something. 
I found it. We're fine. Continue. Okay, so number five has had amazing returns that are easily top five returns to the company, but they have them at top five for debuts, and it would be one Brock Lesnar. Again, I think we're going on legacy over debut. Uh, so his debut was the night after WrestleMania 18, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he beat the fuck out of basically the remainder of the hardcore division. Yes. Um, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And then he went into his first feud where he brutalized the Hardys. So, you know, breaking Matt Hardy before it was popular. Brock Lesnar. Number four, uh, one of the worst executed debuts as far as the debut and what ended up happening, uh, Ronda Rousey. Allow so, me, go ahead, I, I, I'll elaborate once I hear your, go ahead, uh, AJ's so kind what, of, he's got it. When you first, yeah, so when you first said this, I'm like, well, what was wrong with her debut? Like, you know, whatever. She had the match at Mania, and that was good. Mm-hmm. And then my brain remembered, oh, we're talking her first appearance, which, no, is not WrestleMania 31 uh, with The Rock and the big McMahon segment. No, um, she wasn't a part of the company at that point. Right. So her debut was the Royal Rumble. Where uh, she pointed again, one of the one of the worst. And then she pointed again, <laughs> crash, and then she went back up the ramp, and you'll never believe what she did. Oh no! What? Pointed again. Um, it was it was a time. One of the worst kept secrets again, just in the era that we're in with uh, the internet and dirt sheets and everything like that. You knew she was going to be there. She should have been in the rumble. Mm-hmm. If you wanted the most impact, that's when you bring her out at thirty and have her win it, not. Four years or five years later, which was absolutely terrible. Oscar wins the Royal Rumble. She's in mm-hmm. the middle of uh, Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss. Both of them are holding up their titles. Oscar, not a, uh, not Alexa, right? Alexa, or was it Alexa. No, Alexa had the the SmackDown, and Flair had the Raw. Oh okay. yeah, okay. So they're they're on either side of. My Alexa just went off. Alexa, shut your <laughs> mouth. Uh, <laughs> was it reverse? So it was Flair with the SmackDown and Alexa with Who the Raw. Who cares? Yeah, the, both had the titles on either side of... And you're like, oh, okay, she's going to pick... You yelling at Alexa still? It's now playing uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs goal song. Alexa. Oh. Shut it. Alexa. So are you saying Ronda Rousey made your Stop. dreams come true? Ooh, 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 ooh. Never. Um, well, you, you, you. So you're thinking, okay, well, Asuka's going to choose one or the other right there because Ronda Rousey didn't come out. She's not coming. And then all of a sudden the bad reputation starts playing and she comes out and points, which then leads to um, Ronda Rousey. Who? Oh, they want. Okay, so they wanted The Rock. Where are you? Oh, hey. I'm here. Don't worry about me. I'm here. <laughs> Ronda Rousey and the. It should have been Ronda Rousey and The Rock. Going back to the reference you made, 
of the WrestleMania previous. Correct. I can bring you back on screen. You know that, right? I'm here. <laughs> fine. Don't worry about it. I'm and I'm fine. Everything's great. Hi. Is your Alexa going off? No. No. What? We're fine. Don't worry about it. Continue. Okay. Uh put this up for a little bit. It's fine. Oh my god. Hi. What's up? I'm worried. I'm actually Oh, it's fine. Don't worry worried. about it. I just, I might just die. That's about it. Is there a bug in your room? 100%, buddy. <laughs> Mosquito that we are ready to kill. <laughs> Welcome to the first ep visual episode of the Second Turnbuckle Podcast. Tugi is going to become a murderer on on. I'm going to get canceled on Twitch because mm. it's on my stream, not yours. At Tugi24 on Twitch. Um, yeah. So we get uh, Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon should have been The Rock based on before. She points at the the sign. Doesn't even get a title match. It was absolutely terrible. Agreed. Uh, number three. Number three. Goldberg. We're not talking about the Yappa Pie Indian nope. strap match. Nope. Number one. Did I did I skip over one? No, think, we're good. I think I unintentionally skipped over one. Because we, we would have been still no. talking about it. Okay, Goldberg comes out. The Rock's doing a promo. Hollywood. Fine, don't worry about it. Hollywood Rock is doing a promo. And he all sure of a sudden was. the drums go. Goldberg comes out, says you're next, spears him. He's in the WWE. Yeah. It was uh it was good. Number two. It was good. <laughs> no, I mean I, I enjoyed it. I mean, and then he had the main event style match with with Rock at Backlash 03. I believe in Worcester, Massachusetts, of all places. Oh, yes, and one. And then segue to a Jericho feud because they fought each other once and didn't like each other. And then they fought again. And then Goldberg wrestled 20 minute matches every night and everyone was happy. I don't think love you, Bill. I don't, I don't think that's how it ended up. That's exactly what happened. Number two. That's gotta be Kane. <sighs> Kane at a Hell in a Cell. We don't know who he is. There's talk about this brother. Your brother was, was still alive. It. You know what? This is one where okay. This this was a cool debut. Uh, mm -hmm. he had a great career. I can't argue with it being high on this list. I just don't know if it's number two with like the in, the immediate impact and the career. But it was very cool. When it happened, and at least it didn't die, you know, like, like the Shockmaster or what have you, like, actually turned out to be a very good career for Glenn Jacobs. Did I get him? <laughs> Might have. Why are you asking Can't me? <laughs> Did you hear? I don't know. I didn't uh, hear. It's it. more so a confidence thing myself. Oh, you got um, it. You got it. I think I did. Anyway. Anyway. I, I totally set you up to crap on Glenn Jacobs there, and you went You did. I don't even know what the hell you said. I was fighting for my life over here. Um, yeah, so in terms of wrestling debuts in the WWE, it's the greatest debut of all time. Not according to this list. Well, this list can suck it, because yes. you see WWE, and they like, they like that. Um, number, yeah. 
Number one. No, not number one. Keep Kane's going. debut. Okay. Keep going. Is the best debut in the history of the company. Easily. You interrupt Hell in a Cell between two of the best of all time after, honestly, seven months of buildup. <laughs> they built this up from March after WrestleMania 13, like the night after, or if I'm not mistaken, the night after WrestleMania 13, after Undertaker beat Sid in the main event, and Sid crapped himself and all that, um, Paul Bearer, comes out and say, hey, Undertaker, come back to me. I don't know what that accent is, but still. And Undertaker said, no, I don't think I will. Is Paul Bearer a plumber I... that went down tubes? And It's a me, a Paul Bearer. <laughs> it's a me, um, a Paul Bearer. It's a him. Yeah, that's exactly what he sounded like. Rest in peace, William Moody. Um, yeah, it's just, it was one of those things, it might have been the pay-per-view after. His first defense might have been, actually, I think his, his first defense was against Mankind. Bottom line is, they set it up the day after WrestleMania 13, Undertaker flash papers Paul Bearer in the face, and then Paul Bearer's like, well, Mark, you done fucked up. I'm gonna tell everyone about your dead brother who's not dead. And then seven months later, that not dead fucking libertarian scumbag came back from the grave and haunted the WWE for the rest of his time. He was my favorite wrestler growing up, so I'm still a bit salty over him. But yeah, it's the best debut of all time. Um, really quickly, too, I didn't know if you know this little-known fact. When The Undertaker was first uh, wrestling... I do know. Mm -hmm. He was actually billed as Kane The Undertaker. He sure was. Number one. Say, Don't mind if I do. Fucking Singapore Kate. I'm like Tommy Dreamer. Anyway. Number one. Numero uno. I think yeah. we skipped over what I would have put number one on the list because we didn't really talk too much about it. We didn't skip one. We did. We skipped number 10. Yep, we did. You're right. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> number one is not Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is number 10 on this list. Number one is The Shield. What the fuck? It's just to get boomers like us mad on fucking Facebook. That's all it is. Oh, my God. So The and Shield again. Uh, this was during a... Um, this was uh, CM Punk versus Ryback? Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to be like the bodyguards for CM Punk time. and had nothing to do with CM Punk the night after. And they were their own guys and blah, blah, blah. All three of them have gone on to have great careers. CM Punk uh, versus Cena and Ryback. So a three-way. Okay. You can... Oh, kinky. Uh, let's, I don't even, the fact that Chris Jericho's not number one on this list or in the top two is criminal. Absolutely criminal just to piss us off it, and it worked i won't fall for it it absolutely worked uh we can well, spend yeah. like half an hour going over the the jericho what's i'll ask you what's one or two or three uh that are not on there that you are surprised that is been replaced by braun Strowman or the usos it's a lot of history to think of do you want me to throw one while you're thinking well there's one that would never be mentioned ever mm -hmm. But the radicals. Ooh. Yeah. They never mention it, but that it literally has to be. And I mean, obviously, if it was not for certain events in 2007, I think that would be top three, top five minimum. 
because like for the longest time they got to hype that up as here was one of the if not the final big turning points yeah uh, in the monday night wars was hey here's the radicals this group of guys that wcw didn't know how to do and then of course wwe essentially tried their best to fucking bury them by having them lose chris benoit lost to triple h in his very first match in the fucking company um if not his second yeah but, but that, um, that's always been vince's mo like you come over from a different company you don't win your first match sting didn't um aj lost to chris jericho at mania 32 right uh uh cody Rhodes. Probably one mm. of the biggest blunders in WWE history. Like, would the NWO count? Mm, that, but that wasn't the NWO. That was that was return. Correct. That would be return. I was going to facetiously say uh, fake Diesel and fake uh, Razor Ramon, but again, that would be return technically. Uh, for yeah. me, Lance Storm, Saddledome, Raw, super kicking. Uh, to start off the, uh, or one of the catalysts to the invasion angle, which we could go on for hours about how much of a big blunder the the uh, invasion angle was, but mm. hometown Calgary, Alberta, Canada. No, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, running yeah, through the crowd. Yeah, oh well, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Running through the crowd, sliding into the ring, super kicking. I can't remember. Was it the Dudleys? I'm trying to remember now. I don't now. remember. Or, a lot of the invasions. Yeah. Just blur um, for me at this point. That was phenomenal. And, and I still somewhat like the invasion storyline. I wish it was done differently, but for what they had to work with, I think they did a decent job. Um, mm. Also, Mankind. Mankind coming out and attacking the mm. Undertaker. Um, like you're going, at, going after the big dog on your first day. I'm surprised that that's not on the list. Still trying to think of, I mean, there's obviously so much history that could be there, but yeah, we can leave it at that. Okay. So yeah, there, there you have it. The, uh, the top 25 debuts. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, Sami Zayn. That's that's up there too for more recent. If you're gonna put Kevin Owens in there, I think you do have to put Sami Zayn in there as well. Hmm. Oh, fair. the ringmaster, Steve Austin. <laughs> I had that on my list too. The One fact the that worst. like you have The Rock, but you don't and have Cena. Yeah, yeah, if you're gonna have, yeah, that's fair uh w no we're gonna go aew we are gonna talk a little bit a little bit of the the new stuff here aew uh has got a lot of new stuff we're very close to an announcement for the video game it sounds like Mm -hmm. uh but the big big talk this week was the inclusion of collision a brand new show on saturdays which means toogie guess what sunday pay-per-views baby sunday it's Saturday. Yeah, Sunday pay-per-views. They won't run pay-per-views on Saturday now because Collision's on Saturdays. Saturday. They used to run pay-per-views on Saturday. They were in Calgary on July 15th. I was pissed off that they weren't getting a TV taping. This is mm-hmm. about me right now. It's not always about you, Toogie, even though you think it is. I am jacked. I'm so excited that now July 15th at the Saddledome is going to be a TV taping. Yeah. Why? What it's the difference be a live is? show. Yeah. Not even a taping. Well, yeah, true. Well, they're going to tape uh, my mic. Uh, ROH. ROH. 
so uh, dynamite and why am I not thinking of the other one? Rampage. Rampage. Uh, that's it. Always happens on one of these. Uh, they're going to be taped together, and then ROH and Collision will be taped on the Saturday. And to start, it looks like it's going to have a very Canadian flavor, just based on how the uh, how the tour is working. But I'm excited. Uh, there are rumors of a brand split. There's rumors of uh the second guy who won't be named because the first guy we talked about we have to mention the the second guy who may mm. have already screwed up his chance. <laughs> I I haven't bothered really paying attention to fair any of any of that. Like really, so like we said, WWE wise, neither of us are really in a spot right now where we're watching consistently or enjoying it. Um. I think I don't I seriously don't remember if our um if our last show was a WrestleMania preview or a review of of Mania but was that was the general sentiment. Yeah. Coming out of Mania was just like why you dropped the ball with Cody Rhodes. I still believe that. It's like oh but he beat Brock Lesnar and blah, blah, blah. he's going to wrestle Brock Lesnar. Cool. Yeah, Brock Lesnar program means so much especially when it's not for the title. Again, you could talk about oh WWE did their brand splitting. I I just don't care. Like, there is nothing that they are doing right now that checks any boxes for me, so I just don't watch. AEW-wise, for the most part, I'm still enjoying it. I think the build-up to Double or Nothing has been pretty decent. I can't really say, like, they've had any bad shows. I don't know if they've ever really had a necessarily bad show. They've had some bad matches or bad moments, but that's wrestling that happens. Um, But in terms of the drama surrounding the company, I just tune it out and just enjoy what's on my TV screen at this point. Um, I enjoy when the achievement list for the video game drops, which really is a good sign of, oh shit, soon, soon-ish at the very least. Really enjoy that and excited for that game. Tune out like, oh, people feeling like, oh, but the graphics suck. I do not care. It's some of the prettiest games of all time are known as some of the worst games of all time. Shout out to you, OG PS4 owners with the order. What was it? 1886 or whatever the fuck. That is still one of the most gorgeous games ever made. That's four hours long and barely has any content in it, but it's gorgeous. I'll take a game that looks like it was made in 2000, but gives me the replayability over something that looks amazing, but is fucking you know who, who who hurt you incredibly shallow <laughs> um so for the most part aw wise i'm i'm pumped like i'm excited for the pay-per-view i'm excited for the game i'm excited that i've already secured tickets to go to their debut at td garden in july which is awesome um and for the most part any any because you alluded towards it the other person we had that joke cm punk like mm-hmm. wherever he goes for whether it's his fault or not, he certainly is swiping back at people like Brian Alvarez. And I'm just like, I, I don't care. I don't care if he's on my TV again. Cool. If he's not, it's cool too. Cause they're still doing well. I'm happy that you get to go to a collision event. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, like, yeah, all, all the first episodes of collision are all in Canada, uh, because it's part of that big Canadian tour leading up to forbidden door. So the, um, the first one though, the first one, there hasn't been, uh, a site yet there is no site announced for the first episode they said that there's a Chicago. Date. oh my gosh 
It's yeah. gotta be Chicago. It's gotta be Kane. That's gotta be punk. It is. And cool. I'm intrigued. A lot of people are like, how can they risk the idea of punk fucking things up again? I don't care. I'm gonna have fun watching it either way. Either it ends up resulting in some amazing television or it implodes again and it's funny. Yes. And it's funny because it's not a fucking sports team and I can be happy as a wrestling fan when cool things happen and I can laugh when fucking dumb things happen regardless of the company. So I'm excited. Stupid. If Kane, although I will say if, if the mayor of Knoxville shows up in AEW, I'm cashing out. I'll be uh, an MLW fan. Okay. Really quickly, they, really quickly Hi. on this one, because the own heart cup is going to be awarded at collision in Calgary. Uh, we're going to get another fantastic tournament, just like last year's was. Does Bret Hart show up on the show? No. I slightly agree. I'm ex It's one of those things where it's like, I don't expect it, but if it happens, it makes sense. Just because of the relationship with AEW, but also the relationship that they have with Dr. Martha Hart, to have mm -hmm. the Owen Hart Cup... It would be very, very cool if Bret Hart came out and awarded the belts or the t the trophy or or whatever. But I on agree. the same token, um, I I am swaying more towards it won't happen because of the relationship between the Hearts and Martha Hart as well. Uh, do we want to touch on uh any potential? We've got uh, WWE talk. The only thing that I would bring up is the god awful big gold. And the yeah, fact so. that Cody's not Go winning ahead. it. Uh, and then Edge released that promo on his on his social media. And it was awesome. And it was like, guys, I'm, I'm close to the end of the line. Like, I need this title. And then when I lose it, I'm done. Mm -hmm. didn't, didn't even win it. <laughs> like, it was I mean, like, I pull for him as an old man. And, you know, the, the setup and the, like we've talked about before, the investment in... Uh, in the product and the payoff didn't quite match up. Uh, it was it was just on his Twitter. It wasn't like it was like this big six month buildup. But um, yeah, that one that one kind of got me right in the cockles of the heart. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I'm sure they could. Like Edge's story will be surrounding that title. I mean, I legit, I don't even know who's in the tournament still. I don't. Uh, it is I don't Seth care. Rollins. Seth Rollins and AJ. So either Seth Rollins is the first wrestler to be involved in three title creation matches. Not that you care. And AJ Styles, he's been just, they've done terrible with AJ Styles that it, it feels like it, either one's going to be a good champion. It just, it's not Cody, it's not Edge, it's not. Did AJ come back as a face? Um... Yeah, so the OC is back together. <laughs> That's how you immediately kill my interest. Fucking and uh, they also got uh, Maya Yim as uh, because they were going up against the the uh, Judgment Day, and they needed a female wrestler, so they threw her in. And yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I um. Cool. Maybe we'll get a heel AJ Styles and Edge will overcome the odds and then lose the time. Cool. I'm okay with that. Uh, Roman Reigns apparently is going to go on a uh, 
sabbatical and uh, be a Hollywood star, even though he still holds both fucking titles. And they created a third title so they'd actually have a champion on Raw. I love it. Big fan. <laughs> it's just... Like, really, it's one of those things when people are like, oh, you say you'll stop watching, but you'll be bet. Nope. So far, nope. Outside of seeing stuff on Twitter about Carlito coming back at Backlash, I have been almost 100% disconnected. And from everything you're telling me right now, cool. It's, I've made the right choice. It is such a dumpster fire still, though. Um... Yeah, outside of that, just checking our little uh, cheat sheet here. Uh, do you have Today in History? I do. Or are you this expecting me to do that as well? No, I, I got this. <laughs> this will be my big... Excellent. My big contribution. And now, Toogie with Today in Wrestling History. Yeah, so again, this, uh, this goes to... Uh, tjrwrestling.net a lovely lovely platform that I have uh, used for a, a very 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 long time um, that puts together these little these little articles so crash May 18th okay first and foremost we will start off with some birthdays uh <laughs> You're struggling. 1943, <laughs> uh, we start things off with the second murderer mentioned on oh this uh, episode, and Jimmy Snuka. Uh, Is he now the third we don't mention? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but you have to do the, you gotta do the, the fucking hand sign of, yeah. Let me tell you the, something, brother. Um, God, yeah, Jesus. Um, Aren't you glad we're a visual podcast now? <laughs> sure am. Um, any memories of Kamala would have been his birthday today. He passed away a few years ago. Any memories of Kamala? Just an, an amazing character. And I've, I've never really heard stories of the guy as a person other than him getting like diabetes and then losing his leg mm -hmm. or something. And then, uh, yeah. obviously, I'm pretty sure that's what ended up getting him in the end. But yeah, uh, just a fantastic character. Uh, I you never knew what he was going to do next, which was great. I give him credit for being able to carry that character right. through uh, three decades of in ring work. <laughs> his <laughs> match, his stuff close. with the Undertaker was top notch. Absolutely, you got a monster who's afraid of something is so good. I okay. loved it. At a base level, sure. At a base level. Um, God, I have nothing to say about Dick Slater. Um, Gary Albright would have been his birthday today, too. All Japan legend. Uh, get, get yourself caught up on Gary Albright, um, who actually was a, a very, very underrated wrestler who had a fantastic mullet. I'm sorry, That's but all I can say. next time I go into Dick Slater's stream, I'm going to call him Dick Slater. <laughs> You should. Um, the man, the myth, the legend himself. It's the Blue Meanie's birthday today. Hey, Deke. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Dick Slater? Oh, Dick uh, Slayer. Love you. Um, well, that's somebody else. But yeah, it's the Blue Meanie's birthday today. I always like that guy. He's a good follow on Twitter. Seems like a really nice dude. Um, Ring of Honor legend. Managerial hero. Truth Martini. 
I'm honestly kind of surprised. I don't know if he got himself canceled or something, but he was a very, very good heel manager in Ring of Honor. Truth? Okay, uh, Ring of Honor. That's why I'm like, I have yeah. no idea who. And the most recent birthday, turning 32 today, maybe even 33, Colton Gunn, <laughs> one half of the ass boys. 33? Yeah. Interesting. They... 91 birthday. They look like no. They're... He would be thirty-two. He'd... No, yeah, he'd be thirty-two. Well, still, he he looks like he's in his like early. Both of them look like they're in their early twenties. Yeah. So Austin is uh, twenty-eight. Going to turn twenty-nine later this year. So I... you you almost wouldn't think because you're like, oh yeah, Billy Gunn, his kids, they can't be that old. And then you remember Billy Gunn's fifty-nine years old. Um, Just but no, the it. guns are one hell of a success story on the AEW side of things. Just their insane, rapid improvement over the last little bit. 100%. So, shout out to the guns. Uh, so, today in history, 1997, WCW Slambery. I love how you do Main these. event. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> sorry, so. you're, your Shatner-like pauses for emphasis yeah. are amazing. Well, Keep going. Okay. Keep going. Main event. Uh, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Six losing. The, w- the NWO lost WCW against the team of Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, and Kevin Green. Mm. Rest in peace. Yes, NFL, NFL superstar Kevin Green passed you know, away a few years ago, too. WCW, give them credit for finding guys who could go that, you know, uh, Mongo. I'd put up there. Um, <laughs> he could go, all right. Um, I mean, even thinking about like Rodman and and uh, like completely not the same level as what Kevin Green was able to do in Mongo, but you know, the whole basketball. So what I want to do for yeah, yeah, for this Slamboree card, yeah, is I'm gonna list the card and then you tell me, do you have any temptation to go watch it? Okay. Oh, so go. Do I want to go back and watch it? Yeah, so at the end of, once I'm done naming the card, you tell me, do you have interest to go watch this? The entire card, not match by match. Okay. Yeah. The opener, Lord Steven Regal challenging for the WCW television title against the Ultimate Dragon. Not yet Ultimo Dragon. Okay. There was Medusa against Luna Vachon. Okay. Rey Mysterio Jr., and Yuji Yasuroka. That should be a who for most people. Um, <laughs> Mortis. Mortis against Glacier. The, okay. L- absolute low key. That would be a decent match that wouldn't get the respect that it deserved. It lasted two minutes. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, Dean Malenko against Jeff Jarrett for the U.S. title. Okay. Uh, he who shall not be named number one yeah. against Meng. Okay. The Steiner brothers against Conan and Hugh Morris. Humorous. Humorous. To play on words. The previously aforementioned Steve Mongo McMichael against another former NFL player, rest in peace, Reggie White. Reggie White, yeah. Okay. Minister of Defense. That was... That was high on the card. That was, that was suspicious, suspiciously high on the card. <laughs> and the main event was that NWO match against Flair Piper and Kevin Green. 
Crash Andrews, do you have even the slightest interest in being like, yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. You're going to tell me. I'm sure you're going to tell me what it was rated or. Slightly. Oh, here, I can give you the Tony Khan cage matched approved rating if you want me to. I would slightly go back. Like, if I was like. I would say, okay, out of 10, I would say it's maybe like a 5 6. Around there. Like, the card on paper doesn't sound that bad. There's there's some really weird ones like uh, Meng versus. Who was. Uh. He who shall not be named number one. Right. Like, where did that come from? How did, I don't remember that storyline at all. In a in a death match, no less. Interesting. Okay, now that's gone up from a six to a no. Um Medusa versus Luna Vashon for some reason sounds like an absolute banger that probably only got three minutes. Five. Five, okay. Um Take that, Glacier. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's some interest. I I wouldn't say that I'm going to end the podcast and and go and watch it, but there is some interest in that. In that okay, um, I didn't see this next one. This is gonna get sad for a minute. All right, before we talk about another wrestling event. Okay. Uh, on this day in 2002, the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith passed away at age 39 from a heart attack. Um, now I'm sad because shit right because the, yeah. the natural question for me to ask you is like hey british bulldog memories i know i got a lot of them um, uh i met him once damn. i think um the the memory that first jumped out was the smackdown was like the next smackdown after was in calgary and it was the smackdown with kurt angle was bald had the wig had the headset it was a cage mm -hmm. match between edge hogan returned to calgary for the first time in almost it was like 15 years or something like that mm -hmm. um he got an amazing standing ovation i remember uh this was around when you brought signs you always brought signs to events and i made a sign that said all bulldogs go to heaven that was my sign for the event um mm -hmm. an absolute talent you'd put easily put him on the list of um of wrestlers who greatest wrestlers who didn't win the major title in one of the big three or four, whatever you want to call it. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Absolute talent, absolute heat uh, creator. Um, I, I get a chance to bump into his son. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, just an absolute monster physically, just like his dad. And uh, yeah, just well, that's the, that's the thing I always think of is it's like, okay, he was 39. You know, yeah. Bulldog's around a little bit longer. He likely, likely would have had that moment of, oh, hey, here's Harry in a tag match with his oh. dad on like SmackDown or something. Like that would have happened. Yeah. And obviously, it's a shame for so many reasons that it didn't. Wasn't it too that like one of the reasons he really, obviously, like that era of wrestling had meds going like crazy but wasn't it like he did a back body drop on the trap door for yep. uh the warrior warrior back yep. in wcw and and basically amped up his intake to deal to cope with that which is absolutely tragic you can't really put blame on anybody but on the same token yeah. like you can but yeah i mean it was it was a war games you had two rings and apparently they weren't very uh communicative about 
where this trap door was. And yeah, Bulldog uh, took a backdrop on it and then suffered. I think he ended up with an injury and an infection and ended up in the hospital for a while. Um, and yeah, it was out until he made his WWF return in jeans. Right. And just forever immortalized in No Mercy, of course. His, uh, his feud with uh, the big boss man. <laughs> Legendary. Delightful. In 2003, there was another event. WWE Judgment Day. Crash, tell me if this event is something you're interested in. Okay, hit me. The opening match, John Cena teaming with the FBI, Chuck Palumbo and Johnny the Bull Stamboli <laughs> with Nunzio. Okay. Against he who shall not be named number one. Yeah. Rhino and Spanky Brian Kendrick. Uh, that's WWF champion Brian Kendrick. The Brian Kendrick. The Brian, yes. yes. Uh, oh, such a big fan of him on that run. That match, <laughs> that match, I only kind of want to see it only because I, I loved heel Cena. Fair. La Resistance, Sylvain Grenier, Rene Dupree <laughs> against Scott Steiner and Test. Oh, banger. Absolute banger. <laughs> Memes aside, the next match actually is. It was a ladder match between Team Angle, Charlie Haas, and Shelton Benjamin against Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri. Yes. Tag titles. Yes, 100% would watch that match. No meme, no sarcasm, 100%. There was a battle royal for the vacant Intercontinental title okay. uh, that had previously been merged with the world title um, and yeah, the fall of dumb. the prior year when Triple H beat Kane at No Mercy. That was so dumb. Yeah. Um, there was a bikini challenge between Tori Wilson and Sable. Yeah. Roddy Piper against Mr. America. This was this was like, uh, with all due respect to Roddy Piper, because he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. This was this was fat Roddy Piper. This wasn't fit Roddy Piper. This was yeah, it was tragic. Triple H defending the world heavyweight title against Kevin Nash. Yeah, nobody needed to see that at the. That was the beginning of Kevin Nash's, the end of his career, basically. Are you happy they'd have a match eight years later? Like yeah. the sledgehammer on a ladder match. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck it was. Sure. Why not? Yeah, you remember when they did that and uh, CM Punk Triple H became about uh, Triple H and Kevin Nash? That was fun. Yeah. Uh, Fatal 4 way women's title match. Jacqueline, Victoria, Trish Stratus, and Jazz. I wasn't really a big Jazz fan, but the, the other three... What I you, would... Ty, ever do to you? What? There's a reason I didn't put chat on this uh, this layout, by the way. <laughs> it's because of Richard Head. Because of Richard Head. Love you. Yeah. Uh, and the hey, main event. We need a big main event here for me to be at all interested oh, in this one. Oh, it's a big main event. Well, I'll tell you how big of a main event this was. It's a big show. Big show. Brock Lesnar defends the WWE title against the big show. In a stretcher match. I'm I'm gonna go watch the WCW match. <laughs> the WCW. <laughs> <card>. Slammer. Yes. 
<laughs> oh man, that's like the which one would you watch? I'm gonna go watch Slambury, hundred percent. Fair. Uh, let's see. 2004, Chavo Guerrero won the cruiserweight title. Cool. Oh, good. 2008, another one. Judgment Day, 2008. Why not? Let's do it. Let's do it. And then this way, yeah, you can tell me which event out of the three you would watch. Okay. I believe this is the last one, with the exception. Uh, 2015. We mentioned it earlier. Kevin Owens, that debut against John Cena happened today. Eight years ago. Let's go. How the fuck was that eight years ago? Holy God. Uh, So yeah, Judgment Day 08. So man, this is just very different eras, even five years away. The opener, John Cena against JBL. That would be good. That'd be a good match. It always was. (laughs) The Miz and John Morrison defend the tag titles against... CM Punk and Kane. Okay. Shawn Michaels against Chris Jericho. Absolute banger. Beth Phoenix versus Melina versus Mickey James for the women's title. Melina wrestling was never a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Edge versus The Undertaker for the vacant world heavyweight title. 100% 100% every time I would watch that match. MVP against Jeff Hardy. Okay. Yeah, I, MVP was a solid Jeff Hardy's Jeff Hardy. When he's sober, he's an amazing, amazing performer. When yeah. he's not sober, he's interesting. Um, mm. uh, I don't remember that feud, but yeah, I would watch it. And the main event for the WWE title, Randy Orton against Triple H in a steel cage. Okay, this so is So would tough. you watch Slamboree 97, Judgment Day 03, or Judgment Day 08? 03 is out. 03 is no... That's not the bottom, happening. Huh? Not happening. <laughs> out of the other see two. Piper in 03. Um, I am still kind of siding with WCW for some reason. Fair enough. Like, uh, I don't know if it's because I've watched more WWEF um, through my watching career, if you want to call it that, whatever. Um, yeah, out of the two, I'd, pr- I'd probably still go with Slamboree. Just the the matches were s- just seemed more interesting. Like, knowing the wrestlers and seeing how they, you know, connect and everything like that. I'd that's the one I'd probably be going to. I got to be honest, I think I'd honest I think I'd go Judgment Day 03. Yeah. Because just the <laughs> shit show of it all. Fair. Fair. Just guess the shit show of it all. I yeah. think would be too too much fun to watch. If I was spending my money at Slamboree, if I'm spending your money, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's Judgment Day 03. 100%. Fair enough. I think at this point, we're pretty close to our one hour. Toogie, outside of the name bar that's resting below your chin, uh, Mm -hmm. where can people find you? Uh, At that name bar where people get Toogie24 on Twitter, on on Instagram, on Twitch, on YouTube. Are you on Kick yet? 
No, and I won't be because I'm not going to uh, bolster a platform designed to scam people. Hey. Um, yeah, thanks, but no thanks in regards to that platform where people get fooled into thinking that it's going to be their breakout moment and in reality you're only helping make the people running the scam at the top even more money hate to tell you anyway crash <laughs> where can people find you uh here on twitter and everywhere else without this stupid uh, underscore uh the gold, golden shovel derp what what are we talking about golden shovel what's the golden shovel uh, Triple H burying ah, all of them. You know what I mean? I got you. I got you. Um, yeah, Crash Andrews on Instagram, uh, TikTok. I I did grab it on Kick. I you know I like going to the daddy issue. Uh, what? Um, but on Twitch as well, which uh, we are. I mean, I had fun doing this where you could see our faces. Yeah, it was a good time. Why not? You you got, I mean, you got a whole fucking entertaining show here. I mean, I'm the the electrical Jim Cornette <laughs> over here with this fucking loaded the racket. Electrical Jim you know, Cornette. Minus the uh, minus the sexism and the wow uh, the fear of things I don't understand. God, you you put the hood on and you're like evil Kermit. <laughs> You can find uh, the very uh, slightly used uh, second turnbuckle Twitter. Go ahead. Yeah, slightly used. I said it. I meant it. Oh, what were you okay. leaning in to say? Do it. Do it. Uh, and as always, we are going to leave you with uh, a quote from the greatest. His name is Bobby Heenan. Uh, now remember this, when a man sticks out his hand to you, you shake it, then kick him really hard when he's not looking. Bye, everybody.